When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, then we are kidding your high top shoes sitting in the back of the class. I was just a like a slow song to start the podcast tonight. Fit in on that path. It's all going to make sense Mr. once the hook hits. It's called Mr. Misunderstood by Mr. Eric Church. One of the all-time boss moves. Get their rocks off on top Last week to shut down his concert in San Antonio to watch his Cinderella. Cinderella, North Carolina Tar Heels. Not only did they... Win their final four game on Saturday Mr. against Duke. They put the old man out the pasture. Coach K is done. Bring in Britt Bloom here in a moment. I want to thank our presenting sponsors, Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. Check them out at Mechdyne.com. I bet 50% of you out there hate your jobs. You could probably find a better one if you go to Mechdyne.com. They'll treat you like a king. They'll treat you a hell of a lot better than Eric Church tweeted his fans this past week. First time I met Alabama, Hannah, I was skinny as a Anyways, um, there's the great Eric Church. Any of you who know me at all, you know that he's like my favorite artist of all time, so I'm not going to slander him too much. I'll bring in Brent Bloom via the Zoom tonight. Hey, Bloom. It's at a smaller level, but I'd like to remind everybody that Aiden Fry's last game against Iowa State was a loss to Dan McCarney in 98. There you go, brother. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I'm not, not to say Man, I, yeah. Final Four, but yeah. I, mean, I, I get a little bit of it. But Hayden Fry, Fry's, like for a guy like you, Hayden Fry put you through a lot of hell over the years. It brings me like small solace of what that guy did to me for 15 years to get that win in 98, which was the last game he coached in the Seahawks series. Yeah. And I remember being on the other side of that, right? Cause I was a Hawkeye fan at that point in my life. And th- this is a God's honest truth, Brent. Now, and I was what, 13 or whatever. I, di- I actually didn't go to that game for, for one reason or another. I was not there. Uh, we didn't have the tickets that, that day. And I was yeah. out playing football with my friends because it was the I was like, I, I, listen, I didn't follow it that closely. I was just a fan of like the sport. And yeah. like in my mind, like, oh, 
Iowa will win this game by 30. Yeah, like they, they always do. They were favored by 28, and whatever then, it was, you know, 26. We had, we had the game on tape, right, because the VCR, and you watch it back, and you're like, holy mackerel. But, yeah, no, you're right. You Put Coach K out to pasture last night. I'm, I'm happy That's, about this. I mean, honestly, Iowa State kind of put Hayden Fry out to pasture. At that point, everybody knew. <laughs> it was over. It was over. It was over. It was done with. It's, and then they went, what, 2-10 and 10 that year? Anyway. Good for good for North Carolina. What, it was, hey, that was a fun couple of games, though. So that was. kudos to the NCAA yeah. tournament. Happy birthday to Everett Bloom. We, yeah, thank uh, you for the beers. Yeah, well, he and does. thank you for scheduling the birthday party during the Final Four. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> no, it was actually fun. We had a good night. It uh, was fun. Talked yeah. officiating with your dad and brothers for a while. It was yeah, really so, sorry about that. No, it's great. <laughs> I love it. I I always I actually really do enjoy sitting and talking officiating with your dad because it's such a different perspective to watch a game than I'm used to. And I, I'm all about like experiences and learning and, and that type of stuff. So no, it was a, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, our, our first thought when we saw the official or the, saw the game was who are the three officials assigned to this first Kansas game? And, yeah. And then and Scott it, and your dad are like arguing about like their logistics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it turned out the three guys that worked the Kansas game were all big 12 guys, which maybe that's why Kansas won, but good for them. Good stuff. Yeah. Before we dig into uh, the bulk of today's show, I do want to promote, I have not done anything with this yet. It's been a hell of a three weeks, uh, and I'm just, I'm kind of late to the party here. But coming up on Saturday will be the 10th year that I've shaved my head for the St. Baldrick's event that we do every year in Bondurant. And I added it up, Bloom. Our listeners and users or whatever, uh, followers, have donated $25,452 over nine years to the St. Baldrick's Foundation, which um, it goes to fight pediatric cancer research. And there's a big difference. Like, uh, this is the one thing I've learned working with this organization over the years is, like, cancer research is one thing, but it's different with kids. Like you attack the cells differently and all that stuff. So th- this organization is 100% of the like funding that you raise goes towards kids cancer research. So we're doing it in Bondurant on Saturday night. Um, th- again, this will be my 10th year shaving. And my, my awesome. goal is to, that we can all surpass $30,000 in 10 years. I think that'd be a really cool mark. So you guys are going to see me throwing out links and stuff. Uh, if you are listening to this, there's probably some links that'll be going up either. They're probably either up all over social media and cyclone fanatic, or you'll see them soon. So anything helps. There's tens of thousands of you that listen to this program. If you could all give $5, man, we would, we would make a huge dent in, um, in the goal for St. Baldrick's this year and, and, and raising those funds. So there you go. Wanted to take a couple minutes and bloom you and your wife have gotten very involved in this. It's, it's always a somber, but we've lost a lot of like for our population in town, like Bondurant's had a rough go with childhood cancer yep. and it's always a fun night, but kind of somber as well. I think that's the right way to put it. And obviously you're, neighbor is what got us all involved in this to begin with and they lost their daughter when at age 13 age 14 11 11, sorry 11 11 um and it just it i mean it's it's like the worst case scenario for a parent and to think if we could do anything we can to help the research stop this even in a small town like bondurant then the reaches that it has across iowa and the midwest and the nation and the globe 
for people that listen to Cyclone Fanatic, uh, what a great way if you have an extra five or ten dollars. Absolutely, they could find you. Um, it's that night is special for a lot of reasons, but I think there's been three or four young children in Bondurant that have we've lost to pediatric cancer, and that's three to four too many. So no it's, doubt, uh, it's the least we could do. No doubt. So yeah, keep a lookout for for all that stuff. We appreciate your time uh, and your your thoughts on that. But yeah, that's pretty amazing. If our if our little uh, online community here could get to thirty thousand. In, in 10 years, it'd be absolutely pretty awesome. All right. Um, we'll start with the final four segment two. We are going to go over, um, jazz Koontz announcing that he's coming back. We kind of all knew that, but there's some finality to it now. Um, I want to talk some other guys that transferred over the last week and also just recruiting in general. And then we will tap things off with, um, some spring football, not a lot to, uh, meat to pick off the bone there, but, Nonetheless, enough that we will um, we'll attack that in the third segment of the show. Uh, Kansas moves on. The uh, they, they shared the Big 12 championship this year, won the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Kansas is now, I believe, three years in a row, a Big 12 team has played for the national championship in college basketball. Yep. And then um, North Carolina, again, we, we already hit on that, uh, took out Duke. But, man, Kansas is at another level Bloom, you you, you kind of started to see this. I thought they really hammered it home in, in Chicago, but you could kind of see it after that Creighton game. They're playing yeah. much better defense now than they were. And when, when we saw them in the middle of the year, it was kind of like they're really good on offense. When can he get them going defensively? They're an immensely better defensive team than they were in February. Yeah, and it's funny. If you go back and listen two months ago on this podcast, we're like, if David McCormick wakes up, this team's a national championship caliber team, and he goes for 25-9, and Abaji makes a bunch of shots, and Kansas goes 13-24 of 24 from three. Like, at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. When you have a town like Kansas does, you got a big man playing well in McCormick, you got a wing playing well in Abaji, and you got enough outside of that, you're going to win. And Villanova was really sloppy early. They couldn't make a shot early, and Kansas kind of put them away. But it's really interesting. I, you know, Going into the tournament, I said, Kansas has a chance. But what stuck in my head was that game against Kentucky where they got beat by 20 at home. I'm like, they can't, they can't do that. But they have clearly turned it around. Bill Self is remains one of the best coaches in college basketball, as much as it pains me to say that, even if he's not a great guy from a legality standpoint. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're the favorite. And kudos to North Carolina for having enough against Duke. But clearly Kansas has a chance to be the second Big 12 program in a row to win a Big 12 championship. And by and large, let's have this discussion. Is it good for Iowa State if Kansas win a national championship? I say yes. I think the better you can make the Big 12 from a conference standpoint, a notoriety standpoint, therefore – a TV negotiation standpoint, the better. And if you could have Kansas in there, you're going to have Baylor in there. You're going to have Houston, who's made a Final Four last year. You know, for this new look Big Twelve plus Iowa State and some of these others, Texas Tech is still you know relevant. That's a really good basketball conference oh, going forward. Yeah. That hopefully, obviously, football's still the king, and it will be. But hopefully, the basketball then brings you extra level of. And do you see the ratings for the North Carolina game? No. And, uh, last night. 17 million, which is crazy. So yeah. you're talking really, really good. Now that's Duke, North Carolina. Understand it. I think Kansas Villanova was like half that, but still 
if you can get that type of ratings, you're going to get paid as a conference, and that's huge. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about that last night, and I actually I think the basketball league's considerably better. Uh, and uh, not, I mean, Texas has has had its moments. Obviously, Oklahoma was in a sure. Final Four not that long ago. Yep. But those are programs that, like, listen. I mean, they you got to beg people to go to games uh, for for basketball at Oklahoma and Texas. Texas got a little bit better this year with Chris Beard, but now you yep. bring in Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU, full stadiums, um, really heavy into the basketball, right? Like. I, it's just gotten deeper. Uh, maybe maybe the high end is a little bit lower. I don't even know if you can say that with what Calvin Sampson's doing right now. But BYU is always a team that is at least on the bubble, right? Uh-huh. And they, they have a ton of recruiting advantages. With We've, we've talked about this before. Um, Cincinnati's not going to be down for long, right? Like they're... Good coach. That's a, yeah, and that's a historically a really good program. And then who knows what UCF is going to bring to the table once they start having some Big 12 resources. But I was thinking about that last night, too. Like, I actually think, could you imagine Kansas City with this new league? Oh. Right. Well, Houston's a better basketball program than Texas right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, give Beard two years, three years. Okay, we'll have a conversation. But I would argue BYU's ahead of Oklahoma. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma just doesn't care. BYU cares. So, I, I mean, I think the great thing about this new the contract negotiation, if you say, all right, TV contracts, we've had Tech in a national championship, we've had Baylor win it, we've had Kansas potentially win it in a three-year span, that's as good as any conference in America. Basketball still matters. Now, it's, again, it's not football, but that's, that's a big negotiating tactic. And when the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be two or three times potentially what these other conferences are just because of football, that at least has a, you know, something to say for it. So I think this is great. I, as much, I, you know, I, I hate cheering for Kansas, but I think in this instance, I am. it might actually help Iowa state. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Kansas and uh, enough of that. Like just on the recruiting trail too, though, like, I mean, the, the guys you can get by saying like, best basketball conference in the country, right. And throwing that around, it gets you. It in is. Door. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I, I totally agree. So I think – and they should be the favorite. I think they're better than North Carolina when playing well. Now, North Carolina's on this nice little run. Good for them. But um, what Kansas hasn't won once since 08. So, yeah, I think tomorrow night will be interesting. Shout-out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. East Village, Gravitate East Village is open now. You can go to gravitatecoworking.com. You can check out pictures, meeting spaces, the um, the meeting space section at the top, you can look at the downtown Des Moines, East Village Des Moines, Midtown Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. Check out availability. Our guy Jeff Wood uh, supports us here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. We want to send as many of our co-working friends as we can to gravitate co-working throughout the great state of Iowa. Check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. You put out a tweet last night, so... We have discussed this a couple of times, I think, on the podcast, but it, it kind of went nuts. People were like, "Yeah." A lot of people didn't understand like where you were going with this, and and okay, so Coach K and the Iowa State connection. Do tell. Run, run, yeah, run so us I, through I, this. You know, I thought this was common knowledge, but then I realized, you know what? Maybe it's not. So, 1980, Iowa State's looking for a coach. 
1980, Coach K is 33 years old at the time and at Army. So Coach K is a Bob Knight disciple. So there's been coverage about this throughout the years, but maybe not notable. But it really kind of came to a head. USA Today or SI wrote an article a couple weeks ago that I was like, yeah, this, this, this makes sense to me. But anyway, 1980, Iowa State's in the market for a coach. Coach K is looking to move up in the world. Iowa State targets Coach K as a guy, defensive-minded, Army cadet from Chicago. So Coach K is from Chicago. This would be a natural person to fill our job. Iowa State offers two people, Coach K and the head coach at the time from Ole Miss. The Ole Miss guy pulls out. Those two guys are both the head, head coach of candidates for Duke at the same time. So Duke had been good, but their head coach had just moved to South Carolina. So Coach K is still a young up-and-comer who had gone seat up. Coach K in 1979 went 9-17. Okay, So he's this up-and-comer, but he's still a bad year the year prior. Long story short, Coach K calls Bob Knight and says, I got two offers. I can go to Duke or I can go to Iowa State. I think I want to go to Iowa State because it's in the Big Eight. I think I can win there. The ACC is really good because you got North Carolina and Dean Smith who are building a powerhouse. They got Merrill in there. I don't think I could do it. Bob Knight's like, yeah, I think you're right, but let me call Dean Smith, who's my buddy, and figure this out. Dean Smith, who's at North Carolina, says, you know what? I think Coach K would do well here. He could recruit. It's a different type of player, and he could get guys to uh, come to Durham. Coach K picks Duke over Iowa State. Goes to, goes to Duke. The rest is history. Iowa State's next call, Johnny Orr. <laughs> inquiring inquiring C-Dub about Johnny Orr's assistant, Bill Frieder, because Johnny Orr had won a national championship at Michigan. So it's not like he was a also-ran young up-and-comer. Yeah. Iowa, State, Iowa State had no thoughts that they would hire Johnny Orr, who had won a national championship. So they called Johnny Orr. Lou McCullough is the athletic director at Iowa State at the time. And he says, Johnny, we're looking for a coach. Can you give us an idea of what do you think it would take? He's like, well, you need this amount of money. You need these facilities. You need a fan base that's going to show up, all these things. And so he's like, yeah, we could do that. We're going to pay at the time $45,000 per year, okay? <laughs> in today's dollars, that's 160000 roughly, if you, if you factor in inflation. Johnny Orr says, and he's told the story over and over again, hell, that's more than I make now. I'll do it. <laughs> and Johnny Orr, who wasn't even the target at this point, takes the Iowa State job because it was more than he was getting at Michigan and almost a screw you to Michigan, like I'm underpaid, let's go. So a week later, Johnny Orr takes the Iowa State job, and the rest is history at Iowa State. All because so it's amazing. Coach K turned down the Cyclones. All because Coach K turned down Iowa State. And if you think about you know the butterfly effect, which I love, one, what happens to Iowa State if Coach K is the coach? Does he have the success that he does at Duke? I don't know. Probably not. But then you think about where Iowa State's program was before it hired Orr, to where it is now, and or really was the needed personality to get that thing going. Does Coach K do that, names? Maybe not. So it's just interesting how that all worked out. But absolutely, Johnny Orr was not even on the list until Iowa State got turned down by Coach K. That's crazy. I mean, you, you did a really good job of explaining it there because I didn't even know it 
in that in that in that many details. And and how much more money are we getting now? I mean, Johnny Orr could not turn down forty five thousand per year in nineteen eighty. That's why Iowa State got him. That's less than two hundred thousand now. And and TJ's got the lowest paid coach in the Big Twelve at yeah. one point seven five or two million or whatever it is. It I don't might even, be even high. I don't but, even think he's making that. I, but so yeah, it just I don't, I don't think he is. But that's where you get some of the stuff is like, man, college coaches, if you look at 40 years ago, have really outpaced the inflation, clearly. Yeah, they're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. So, but Coach K, uh, Coach K could have been in Ames, and he thought about it. He literally did, but the rest is history. I talked about this on the radio show this week a lot. I just want to run it by you. Because here's my deal. I don't hate Coach K. I don't really care. Like he he's right. had an incredible career. Like whatever. Like it's 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 great. Like my whole thing, it's a little bit like the steroid era in baseball. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like like uh, when Brady Anderson's hit 20 home runs his whole career and then he hits 50. Here's my thing. College basketball is the most corrupt sport in in America. In the United States of America. Now, I wouldn't say internationally because like you get FIFA involved and like in their and then college yeah, basketball, FIFA soccer, right? But when you factor in the AAU coaches, the sneaker companies, the assistant coaches, the uncles, the college basketball is the most corrupt sport in the United States of America, and it's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around that this one guy who's the greatest <laughs> of all time, who had more success than anybody during this era, is completely squeaky clean. Like that's my whole deal with Coach K. Like, wait, what? What are we doing, right? Like, that, well, he, that, that's he's, where it's he's just been hard. Involved. It's it's hard for me to just be like, yeah, this guy is just uh, you know class act, right? What? Well, where been, are the bodies? Yeah, I agree. And he's been involved with guys like Zion Williamson, who have been reported yeah. to be getting six figure contracts from other schools. Yeah, and they and Can you Zion imagine- turned that down just to go to Durham. Right, you you read my mind. <laughs> so on. I mean, like, clearly there's something. He's played the game better than anybody has. Like, yes. give him credit for that. Like, Absolutely. there's an art to that. Absolutely. To, to stay to stay out of the fray. Like, Coach K's not caught on the phone like Will Wade making strong ass <laughs> offers. Like, you got to yeah. be smarter than that. So, give him credit for that. But no, there's no question. He, I mean, you just you almost. I say this very cynically. You cannot succeed in the last 25 years, 30 years in college basketball, hell, even go back 40 years without having some gray area of, no doubt. of where you, where you, where you operated. No, that's just the last week. It like, it started on like Monday. I'm like, whatever. And then I, I just like, the more I like read and, and heard, I was, I started to, by yeah, Friday. I was mad. <laughs> I was like, can he's nobody, not a saint. Yeah, can yeah. nobody question anything? Like, I mean, yeah. like whatever it is. I, it is, I, what it, it is what it is. It, it's, it, yeah, it's fine. But he, I mean, great career, yada, yada, yada. I just think it's, when you brought that up to me last time, like, yeah, no, you're dead on. Like, something <laughs> happened there, clearly. Like, you don't get the players he got for 40 years to not play in the gray area a little bit, whatever that gray area is. I, um, and, and then I, see, I can't help, I, I, I can't help but think about, the Bruce Weber like going off on on Bill Self at the Big Twelve tournament this year. I'm gonna try and find that video for us and, and play a little bit for it. But like, and, and that's my deal yeah. about Coach K. And it's just like whatever. Like, 
again, it is what it is. He he played the game better and stuff. But how many coaches got fired because they couldn't live yep. up to this guy? Right? And well, I, I don't well know. look, Bill Self, Bill Self has a lifetime contract and could win his second national championship on Monday night. But we all know something went on there. Like you think of all of the things that has go, have gone on with Kansas basketball in the last twenty years. Yeah, it's not it's not a coincidence. It, I, I mean, we it, we were running. I don't know. Steve Prohm, like the single nicest human at that guy, right? Like, <laughs> right. you know, like I don't think Prohm could have cheated if he wanted to. Like I, I mean, like he gave he gave like what was the guy's name? Uh, D'Souza. Yeah. Uh, he gave D'Souza like a car. Like, if he's giving D'Souza a car, what is he giving his good players? Anyway, like I don't hold on. Let's hear just a little bit okay. from Bruce Weber because right. I, I just think this is classic. And I and like now again, like I want to hate Bill Self, but for some reason I still like him. But I can't yeah, I can't watch them have success without thinking of this. I, you know, part of my hair thing, guys. I'm on the MCA Ethics Committee, and on the meetings. I was told that they were going to take care of the people in the FBI stuff. So I told somebody, I'm going to grow my hair until something happens. Obviously, it's still growing. And that's the sad part of our business. Um, Lon Kruger told me the other day, he goes, think about it, guys. All the guys in the FBI thing, are in, except one, I think, are in the NCAA tournament. All those are teams are going to be in the NCAA tournament. So um, that's, I'm just proud of what I've done. Proud of these guys, love them. Proud of the guys I've coached. Uh, to see Thomas Gibson come in with his little kids and, you know, just. You, you get the point. We, we, we yeah. keep going on. It goes on for like three more minutes. But that, how do you listen to that and not like think of that when Kansas keeps just rolling? And not only did they, like, or have they not been punished, but they're, they give him a lifetime contract on top of it, and they're probably going to win the national championship, in my opinion. It's just wild. Yeah, and you could argue it's been worth it for them. So I, I misspoke. It was not D'Souza who got the car. It was Billy Preston from Kansas. Oh, just want to clear that up, just in case the attorneys come after me with yeah. wrong, wrongful uh, thought not, there. We're not but a no, I mean, slanderous organization here. <laughs> right, right. So, I, yeah, I mean, but yet uh, you make a good point. He's still... He's slippery enough. You're like, man, I kind of want them to win. Still, Still I don't. It's weird. It's weird. Yep. All right. Uh, Rogue, do you have a – I think Kansas will win. I I jumped on Kansas minus three and a half the second I saw it. I do too. I think it's up to four and a half now. I mean, I I like – North Carolina has always been talented, but I just think Kansas has just enough more defensively um, that if they're on, I think they they put that one away by seven or eight. Check out Hope Wood – jd.com because you guys need to get your wills done for real uh this is a deal one of the cool things about being at cyclone fanatic as long as we have now our audience has kind of grown with us and the older you get the you know we, we're all kind of having kids at the same time you get married at the same time and now we got to do this adult stuff at the same time uh our friend hope wood she has what's called a will in a day now, you might think that getting a will done would be a pain in the butt, and it's not. Would you go with our friend Hope Wood? HopeWoodJD.com. Here's a fun one. I actually had a member, Bloom, 
of the Iowa State football coaching staff reach out to me about hope and getting his will done. Nice. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Nice. How advertising yeah. works. So uh, check that out. It's our will in a day program. It helps you it, overcome those obstacles that people uh, think that they have to get their assets in order. It was a stressful football season. Hopefully not that stressful for everybody <laughs> last year. <laughs> no, uh, n- nothing like that. I get that. it, though. I'm, I need the same thing. Like I keep saying, I, I'm going to do that. That's I'm on my it. list. I'm doing it this summer. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely doing it this summer. Uh, okay. I wanted to – Jazz Koontz announces on Saturday that he's coming back to Iowa State. This wasn't a surprise. We, we've um, we've, we've nailed been it, on it thus far yep. back on our uh, premium board and for our Patreon members. Um, did have some outgoing transfers throughout the week. Trey Jackson has already landed at Western Illinois – Jaden Walker, Western Carolina, Western right? Carolina. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jaden Walker is, is out. Uh, I don't believe he has landed anywhere yet. George Condit announced that he was going to try uh, the professional ranks, Isaiah Brockington going the same route. So there's four guys from last year. There, there are going to be more to come. I'm confident in, in saying that um, as well as Iowa state is going to be starting to add transfers here. Now they're in a dead period right now. Uh, they do this because of the final four. It's Thursday through Thursday. So really next weekend, you'll probably start to see official visits, stuff like that yep. starting to pick up. But things are definitely moving behind the scenes. And again, I want to pitch uh, to become a Cyclone Fanatic premium member or uh, one of our Patreon members where you can get the scoop sent right to your email. I sent out a long email um, this afternoon to those members, but Kuntz coming back is huge. I, 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 this is another thing you mean you and your dad were talking about last night. I, I can't put numbers to it. I haven't done enough bloom, but at the end of the year specifically, they were at their best when jazz was in the lineup and it didn't matter what the matchup was. Everything got clunky when he got into foul trouble and wasn't in the game. I think this is a really big deal for next year's team, regardless of what it looks like. Absolutely. I mean, Jazz is one of those guys where you just feel better about everything when he's on the floor. And, you know, he finished the year, I'm pulling it up right now, ranked the 170th most efficient player in college basketball, which if you think about C-Dub, there are roughly, let me do the math here, 5,000 basketball players in college basketball. To be the 169th highest rate is pretty good because so what Jazz does, he shoots a pretty good clip. He doesn't turn the ball over and he's always in the right spot defensively. And you can build around that. And, you know, it's interesting. He was the first guy to commit under TJ and we set the time, you know, he's, he's, you needed a couple singles and doubles before you hit a home run. He turned into a very solid, you know, double with the ability to score. I mean, he, he was, he was great all year long. No he, he did everything I always did asked. And uh, I think this is great going forward because if you ask me, you know, what are the needs for Iowa state in the next year? Number one is shooting, and number two would be a big that can space the floor. Jazz does both of those things. Now, you need help on top of him, but he is absolutely an asset that will be valued next year. And whether he starts or is your your first guy off the bench, whatever it is, uh, he's a team guy, and he's a great guy off the court, too. This is a big addition for Iowa State to keep on the roster. Totally agree. And, you know, it's looking right now like Kalsher will be back. I mean, I would think that if he was planning on leaving, he would have done so by now. So that's another guy to kind of um, 
think about like what he could potentially turn into. And it's like like him and Grill, they they played so much. It's kind of like in my mind they are who they are uh, at this yes. point. So you want to build around that, and then you hope that they take some sort of a step. But if Kalsher could, you know, do more of that mid range stuff that we saw in the tournament and less three point shooting, that's a that's kind of a different deal for Iowa State next year too. Well, I think the first thing you look at both of those guys, you go, well, what don't they do? And it's like, well, they weren't great, consistent three-point shooters, so we need more of, more of that. But Correct. look at what they did do. I mean, Gabe Kalsher was arguably the best defensive player in the Big 12 at times on, on the wing, and you need that. You're always going to need that. He rebounded well. He turned the ball over too much. He was obviously a streaky offensive player. But is he a Big 12 caliber player? 100%. Like you got to have guys like that on your roster, absolutely. And hopefully he he shoots it more consistent next year. Same with Caleb Grill. There were games where Caleb Grill was the reason Iowa State won the game. When you only have twelve or fourteen of those guys, yeah, give me a Caleb Grill on my roster. Like I I will find others to fill in there. And I think when we, when we get in this world, is we think we're Duke over Kentucky over Kansas, where all we want are these all American level players at every single position, and you want twelve of them. Fact remains, there's only one ball, and you need these role players still still to, to stick in there. And so while I, when I look at this transfer market, if I can keep Kuhn, Skrill, and Kalsher, that lets me know, now what do I need to build around? And who, you know, where, can I, where can I plug in here and there and still maintain my culture? I still have Tyrese Hunter. I still have a lot of good things to come back, but now I can accentuate where I need. So these guys coming back, while they're not the most flashy – and then maybe would be the highest ring transfer. They give you a foundation of what you're built upon that you can add these guys into, and then allows staff to be more selective of who they bring in to one fit the culture, but two add different dimensions that you're losing off of Brockington and Condit and um, some of those other guys as well. Yeah, and you, you you nailed it there. I mean, you're looking right now to add a couple of bigs. Probably, I think you want. Yep. I think you, you need want a big a couple. couple. Yep. Um, yep. Probably uh, some versatility in the backcourt uh, would yes. be one thing, and then you need a shooter. You know, you, yep. you need somebody who can knock down to to help you alleviate those just dark, dark, dark offensive ruts that Iowa State got in in the Big Twelve portion of the season last season last year. You know, and Iowa State's in on a couple of guys. You might look at the numbers and go, "Well, they're not great shooters." There's, so there's two things for creating a, a, an open shot, Chris. There's one, number one, most important is somebody who can make it. Okay, still need that. But two, you need the creator to get to that open shot. Yes. And so I think, I think what Iowa State lacked at times this year was outside of really Hunter and sometimes, sometimes Calshon Brockington, they didn't really have a playmaker to set up the open look. And so to get that open look, you need both sides to work. And so when you look at some of the potential transfers, including uh, one player specifically out of the Atlantic 10 conference that played in Philadelphia, you might look at his numbers and you go, well, what, you know, what, you know, he's a 25% three point shooter. That's not what we need on this team. Be careful with that because not only do you need a guy who make a shot, but you need somebody who can create it to begin with. And you can have a bunch of great shooters on the floor, but if you have nobody that can drive it and draw attention to dish it, it doesn't matter. Like you give me five shooters against Texas tech. They can guard that because you don't have anybody who can break them down. So, you know, I think it's a little more complicated than just we need three great shooters to transfer in. You need playmakers involved with that as well. And I think that's where that certain player from uh, Philadelphia in the Atlantic 10 comes in. 
No doubt. And I think that that certain player will be making an announcement here in the <laughs> here before here before too long. Right, we I, hope so. I'm glad that you brought up um, the reaction to Kuntz, though. I remember at the last year because people were like, "Well, this is it. We brought Otzelberger is supposed to be this ace recruiter. Like this is our yes. this is our guy." And Kuntz was Kuntz is the perfect example of a guy who comes in to fill a role and filled it. Really, really well. Awesome. Even at the beginning yeah. of last year, I don't think people realized how injured he was in the offseason. He hurt his back in a scrimmage. Good point. And it took him about a month into the year. It was really post-Barclays Center where Jazz started to – he was good then, but that was when he started yes. to be like 100%. And I'm I'm excited to take to, to see if he can take that next step. And even if he doesn't – at the very least, you have a very high IQ, long wingspan, really good passer. He grew into a leader on that team. You co- constantly saw him barking at his teammates, specifically in the post when Jones yep. and Condit were out of position from time to time. And 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 I really like the way that that's setting up. But this is an exciting. Yeah, it, this is an exciting time. The roster will be built in the next month. And a, and a really good defender by the end of the year too. I mean, how many charges did he take this season? So. He's absolutely a guy you can win with. Now, can he, does he have to start? I mean, it's not the end of the world if he does. Maybe you upgrade at that position. But if you give him 15 to 25 minutes a game, that's a winner right there. And I think if you look at the guys I was targeting in the portal right now, the common denominator is winners that have been productive at whatever level they're at. And uh, that's important. So I don't think you're going to detract from the culture. You're not bringing in, quote-unquote, bad guys that put up great numbers. Most of these folks have been around winners and will do it the right way, which will then allow them to buy into whatever TJ and the staff is, is doing. So I'm optimistic. You know, we know a little bit, you've done a great job of sharing on the premium board. I think Iowa state, if it's trending the right direction, the talent will be much better next year, but with the same culture and buy-in, which is key. And that's why keeping jazz and and Kalisher and Hunter is, is so critical is those are your foundation guys that if, if everybody else is not following along, they will make them come along and having Hunter as your best player is huge going forward because people look at that guy and go, well, if he's working that hard, I better work hard too because he's our best player. And you know, jazz and Gabe will follow along in that same light. And I don't think a lot of people want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Iowa State caught a lot of breaks last year, playing teams with guys who are injured, Right, like they now, and they earned it. They earned every minute. But what they I'm did. saying is, yep. you don't want to go into every year ninth or tenth talent wise. Like you've got to upgrade because I, I wouldn't want to roll my dice again, thinking that you're going to get to the tournament just because we did it a year ago. No, they've got to get. They've yeah. got to upgrade the roster. And and really, so two things that I'm looking for for the remaining whatever spots are going to be. I would love a pick and pop shooter at the big position. I mean, that's what Iowa State was really lacking outside of Jazz, and Jazz was fine. But if I can give him a, more, a, a larger post at my five that can jump out and shoot a jump shot, I mean, Jones and Condit both were liabilities on offense yeah. with a jump shot perspective. Teams would sag in, pack it in. And then secondly to that, maybe more importantly, you just need a knockdown shooter. Like somebody 40% and above, if I'm getting selfish, who you know – will make a shot and that you can't sag off of and, and make it difficult to drive. Because if you give, if you give Hunter, give me a 40% three point shooter and a big that can shoot it, that opens up a world of opportunity to drive it and create more plays elsewhere. So 
Iowa State's offense goes from very average to, I think, good, just based on Hunter's ability alone, if you just give him two more shooters on the perimeter. All right, final topic I have for today, and I just wanted to uh, do a little help the football program, get some people out to these open scrimmages. This is cool. I'm glad they're doing this. Uh, They'll be out at Gilbert on Friday, and then at East High School the following Friday. They were in Ames last week. Connor and Jacqueline were there for us. Uh, getting some stuff up. And uh, the one thing that stood out to me, I couldn't be there. I was on the radio at the time. I yeah. liked uh, Hunter Decker's interview. You can see the video up on our on our front page. Uh, listen, um, I'm not going to hype this guy up too much. We haven't seen enough of him. But I did go back. I had a sick kid last night, and this is how sick I am. I um, <laughs> rocking her. I went and watched my DVR of the Oklahoma game last year because I wanted to watch. Yeah, I, I got to thinking about Hunter's Hunter Decker's when I was watching or reading and editing Connor's piece from Friday night, and I watched his video and I and I just got intrigued and I went back and watched and I I could make an argument now Brock Purdy is the most accomplished quarterback in the history of Iowa State football. He's going to have his number retired, all that stuff. I'm not. This is not a down on Brock Purdy thing. I think I could make it a legitimate football argument that the that Brock's style oftentimes made the it, – he's a hard guy to block for in the pass blocking uh, perspective, only in the sense that he was so precise, right? Like he, he And I, I do think Hunter – and I watched a few of the snaps that, that I saw on video from Friday. I think this is a guy – uh, who's going to now? You may turn it over some. We'll, and we'll have to see. Yep. Like, I, what's it going to be, be the concern? There? But I, I do think he's going to get rid of the football faster, Bloom, and he can go farther down the field because of his arm. I, I'm, I'm just intrigued. Listen, I'm not, I'm not hyping this thing up. He's never started a game, but I, I can see why they didn't go quarterback in the transfer market and why they have so much confidence in this young man. Yeah, so if you think about what will help the Iowa State offense going forward, obviously you lose several NFL draft picks. It's like, yeah, you're starting from a place that is not nearly as solid. But what held Iowa State back last year, number one, and it was twofold, was the deep threat. You just didn't have it. No. You know, outside of Hutchinson, you didn't have a deep threat. Now, Milton was dinged up. He's now gone. But was that Purdy's ability to throw the ball deep? Maybe. Was it the receivers and the tight ends' ability to get open downfield? Part of it, too. Absolutely. So if you pair it with, and I heard my guy Ryan Harclaw, who thinks awesome analyst. Yeah, he's a really smart Network. football guy. Yeah. He said this in a, a podcast with John Walters and Eric Heft on Friday. He said, from what he's seen, and Ryan's super smart, Iowa State's offense downfield is 15% larger now with Deckers. Okay. So that means if you extend it, Literally, okay, uh, football's a simple game. It's 100 yards. So give me 15 more yards on every play. That's more you have to defend. That's more threat you have downfield. That should create more openings underneath. And credit Brock Purdy for being as efficient as he was. But when you're dealing with three tight ends all the time, and you know, really in a 25-yard box for most of the year, there's only so many windows to throw into. You add a downfield threat with Decker's arm. There's no question from seeing him, Hunter Decker's arm is better than Brock Purdy's from a pure throw the ball 65 yards down the field. That is not arguable to me. I've seen them both. Hunter Decker's can throw it farther. Now, is it more accurate? Um, not yet. But you throw that with the receivers, you know, a Greg Gaines, a Jalen Knoll, some of these young guys that you hope can get open, 
maybe less reliance on the tight end this year, more downfield threat. How does that change the paradigm? So the coaches have to adjust to this, and they were still pretty good offensive metric-wise with the tight end system. But this will be a different offense this totally. year. Totally. You throw in you, you throw in the ability then seat up for Deckers to run the ball. Yeah. But they're also super encouraged with uh, Rocco Becht, who's come in early and from all accounts been a pretty solid. I don't know if he'll be the backup right away, but he's a true freshman that has really done a nice job early. Of uh, he's capable. There's no and- question from those folks up there that Rocco Beck can be a Big Twelve quarterback someday. They still like Aiden Bowman too, or Bowman. Bowman, yep. They, yeah, absolutely. They still like him. So that and then uh, who's the other the, the Iowa City kid um, as a walk on? Oh, uh, the kid from Iowa Western, Gantz. Yeah, he, he no he, that and Cook. Cook's another guy yeah. walk on that they Ashton, like too. So I think is his name Ashton. Yeah, yep, yep. It's Marv Cook's Marv Cook's son. I would guess, and Matt likes to make claims like this. I would guess if he were here with us right now, he would say this is the best quarterback room that they've had as far as like depth and like where they think like the high end potential could be. Now, now that's and that's again not a slide at Brock Purdy. What that's saying is like nope. they've got like three guys who they think they really, really, really believe in. Where and, uh, you know, and and Brock is a big reason for that. If you ask Hunter Deckers, and I know for a fact Brock took him under his wing just like Kyle Kemp did to him. And Brock has taught him how to be a leader. So from that aspect, I'm watching that interview on Friday night, and I was like, wow, this guy, wow. It, it just, yeah. He blew me away. He, it was amazing going on those road trips the last couple of years. Anywhere Brock Purdy would go, there was Deckers right behind him. That's like great. He soaked up every single minute of that um, and, and was ready to go. So I, I'm, I'm, I think it'll be – this will be a really fun season. I don't know when loss-wise, the expectations won't be nearly as high. But I do think the ability to stretch the field more vertically should help the run game a little bit more. And then they're super pumped. See, uh, Tyler Miller's had an outstanding winter and early spring. And they liked him um, he last could be, year even. So yeah, he could great. be a uh, – he's one of those guys where he's got the size and physical tools, I think, could be a, a high-end NFL guy someday. So – well, last thing too, and and none of this is uh, we're kind of waiting on details, but I do think women's basketball is going to have some good recruiting stuff, some some excitement here coming up. Final four, actually, the women's title game is on as we speak right now. South Carolina is housing UConn right now, but it's just in the second quarter. Um, but keep an eye on that. This is a uh, it's a fun time, I think. Yes. In my it's opinion, too. it's very stressful. Like in my yeah. shoes, like I, I feel like if I sleep for an hour, I'm going to miss like a month's worth of stuff. I would also caution fans that while you're all caught up in it, it's very fluid. Like these, one thing you don't realize, it's like a lot of these guys, their transfers and stuff are being handled by AAU coaches and stuff. So it is. I mean, you're really just you're swimming in the Amazon uh, when it comes to all this stuff. So it, it can change quickly. But man, how did we ever do college basketball without the transfer season? <laughs> you remember that? So like, we, it's like, oh, is there any good JUCOs out there that maybe we could get who just qualified? And that was it. Right. So clarify now, because I was thinking about this today. Has the rule changed? Are you immediately eligible as a transfer? Like, is that officially? Yeah. As long as you haven't transferred Ready to before, go? okay, that's the key. If you because I know that you can't you, the second time you transfer, then you have to sit out. 
then you have to sit out. Because I know that was there was the COVID thing that played it yeah. plays into this, but then it's also they changed the rule, right? Well, the COVID thing, yeah, that messed everything up. So like Brockington could play, right? Anybody could play last year, right? Well, yeah, going forward, there was that rule change. Now so it's just one time. You get a one time free transfer, and then free transfer, to, and then you have to sit out unless you like drop the D two or anything like that. Got it. It's going to be next next two weeks are always going to be. I mean, it's like the NBA off season, honestly. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have all these guys. My prediction is that it'll be a little bit quiet until Thursday. Now, I do think something will happen before then, but then after Thursday, that dead period ends, and then guys can come on campus and stuff like that, and that's when the action's really going to start. So, got it. Plan according. Good time to good time to sign up for premium membership. I know you've been on top of it. You've, you've had like eight updates since the uh, last podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a busy week. Well, yeah. the problem is too, and I always try and educate our viewers and listeners. A lot of the stuff you see on Twitter isn't even real. Like a lot of times, like a guy will like, he thinks he's being recruited by a school, but he's not like, it's very, it's very confusing. And you've got to, You've got to just kind of be patient too. Like, uh, it's funny too because you give our um, subscribers like updates, and then they want them like every two hours, and it's just like, guys, I just <laughs> like I don't got any more for you. But uh, nonetheless, uh, busy times, but fun times. Appreciate you, Bloom. Uh, yeah. So ha- just so everybody's aware, we got five months until college football season, and only seven until college basketball season restarts. So we'll be right around the corner. <sighs> Can we just, yeah, <laughs> let's just take Summer's a in between. We got summer first, everybody. Yeah, summer please first. just give us summer. <laughs> uh, Thanks, give, pal. Give us summer. Thanks, Bloom. Appreciate it. We'll do a uh, little on the way out. Uh, thanks to Mechdyne for supporting us, as always. I'm sure you're going to hear from Scott Christofferson in Stansbury at some point this week for more basketball. Thanks to A-Plus Lawn and Landscape, sponsoring all of our spring football coverage that you see on the website. For Brent Bloom, I'm Chris Williams signing off. Please rate, subscribe, review. Eric Church taking you home on a Sunday night. I lost religion, found my soul in a